0: This guy checked off all the boyfriend boxes. Caring, intelligent, funny. During one of our late night phone calls, our discussion naturally veered towards his parents, particularly his exceptional father. He went on and on about how his dad taught him kindness and the courage to take on the world, and how he couldn't wait for fatherhood to share life's lessons with his own children. His selflessness and genuine joy in expressing what he envisioned as his future as a father really struck a chord with me. But here's the thing, I wasn't sure if I wanted children. In fact, I was leaning towards no. The fear of extinguishing someone's dream, especially someone as loving and selfless as him weighed heavily on my heart. I didn't want to waste his time or hinder his journey towards fatherhood if I wasn't fully on board. It was a turning point for me. From then on, on first dates, I would ask people about their desires, goals, and compatibility, especially when it came to starting a family. Sure, it scared plenty of people off, but it was better than wasting their time, right? Welcome to Self-Help Junkie, the podcast where we explore the world of personal development through the eyes of book enthusiasts. I'm your host, Erica Ng, a communication coach and your resident bookworm. This season, we'll be focusing on developing our romantic skills, but before we dive into the conversation with our guest, let's get a one-minute summary of the tool. Relationship agreements sound more formal and scary than they actually are. Don't think of it as a contract, think of it like a crystal ball that allows you to see into the future. Instead of letting mismatched expectations sneak up on you and turn into a fight, you can have the conversation on your time in a calm headspace. The agreement can include everything from the basics of how much time do you have today, what love languages do you speak, and what are you looking for to the more personal details of how do you deal with conflict, how do you handle money, chores, and even things like privacy. The beauty of of a relationship agreement is that it's as unique as the couple themselves. There is no one size fits all approach. You and your partner get to set the rules that work for you. Maybe it's a casual conversation over coffee. Maybe you write it down on a cute piece of paper that you frame, whatever floats your boat. The most important thing is that both of you are involved and have a say. Note that I never said that a relationship agreement has to be done at the beginning of a relationship. You can introduce it at any time. So no excuses for anyone. And with that, let's dive in. Today, we have on an extra special guest, Jay Thornhill. He's my boyfriend and a very important piece of the conversation as he was the other person in our agreement.
1: As far as I know, I was the only other person in the relationship agreement. The only other person
0: visible in the room, at least. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're going to get started with just my side of things, how I came into... um, proposing this to you. I mean, just a little bit of background dating in my twenties was very different from dating in my thirties. I think dating in my twenties was me trying to figure myself out and who I was. So a lot of the relationships that I was in, it always felt like this is good for now. And I always felt like forever was way too long. Marriage is scary. And you already know my seven year marriage. Mm -hmm. When the concept of marriage came around, it was a time where people maybe lived to their 40s, their 50s, maybe their 60s. And now the concept of marriage, people are living to 100 and beyond. So marriage is much longer than it ever has been in the past. So to me, it makes sense to have like a shorter time period for that contract. I think it'll keep people more accountable. It will, if you end up splitting up, you don't have all of that messiness that comes with it because you knew your contract was coming to an end. And that's really my thinking in my twenties It's like, everything is temporary. Nothing should be permanent. But as I got into my thirties, I think I started figuring out what I wanted and the exciting love of like falling in love and like all these emotional roller coasters, no longer fun. Mm. Uh, I wanted something that was stable, something that lasted for longer. And I wanted to build a partnership. I think that's really where the idea of the relationship agreement came around.
1: Yeah. Did someone tell you about a relationship agreement or did you come up with it by yourself?
0: Not the term. So I had heard the term from someone else, but I had started doing like mini versions of this like on first dates being like hey are you looking for something serious right now or are you looking for something casual cuz no judgment i've been in that place before where i was looking for something casual but i wanted to be very upfront because mm. i knew what i wanted now
1: right okay and that's sort of the start of the relationship agreement it it that's maybe the first question you would ask somebody if you mm. were drafting a relationship agreement. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully there are no surprises if you're at that point already. Right. Um, did you start adding more questions to those conversations? And that's where it, the idea t- like began to take form?
0: Yeah, I think it started growing where I was asking for different things where I think I was in that stage of, hey, I want something long term, but I'm okay with something short term for now
1: let's just be transparent about it
0: exactly let's be transparent about it so i think especially when i was casually dating we're both going this is not like a relationship we're not monogamous but what does that mean like if i am sleeping with you you need to be using protection you need Mm -hmm. like i don't want to see you in the places that our mutual friends hang out or the places that like i regularly go to those are off-limit spaces. You mm. need to go date somewhere else. I don't want to see it. Right. Um, so I think that's kind of where it started. And then when I started transitioning to looking for that long-term partnership, um, I had dated a guy and when I was explaining my process to him. He was the one who was like, oh, that's a relationship agreement. Like that's something that people do. Yeah. And that's where the term came from. So I was starting to do that. And then I was told like, you're not the first person, you're not an original thinker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, almost anything you try to do in a relationship nowadays, somebody has tried before, but this was totally unique for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I had never heard of the concept of a relationship agreement. And when you proposed it to me, I, I wasn't really sure what it was, but at that, at that point in time, you know, we were only, we were less than a month into our relationship. Um, we had been friends for just over a month, I think, Mm -hmm. before we, we kind of hit it off and it was like, all right, like this, there's something here. And so, and, and we were already quite comfortable with each other. We were silly. We're both, I I like to think we both have a good sense of humor and we're Mm -hmm. very playful. So when you said we'll make a relationship agreement, I, you know, like most of the time, I'm usually, whatever idea you have, I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever <laughs> it is, uh, I'm up for it. Um, right. you know, and I wasn't really sure what it was going to be. Um, I didn't realize it was going to turn into a written, you know, it was going to have that sense of formality, almost right. like, almost like a business contract, but right. not quite that formal. Um, so it was a new experience for me altogether.
0: Right. I mean, it was new for me as well. I think I'd never, done it like this. It was always me being like, these are my expectations. Do you agree or not? And the other person kind of being like, oh, okay, let me think about it in this moment.
1: It didn't feel that way when we had the the relationship agreement talk. That felt much more like a conversation because I think some people could get turned off by the idea of it, thinking that it's... Essentially one person presenting a list of do's and don'ts to the other and saying, if you're going to be with me, you must agree to all of these things. Whereas what it really was for us was a a pretty casual, comfortable conversation just about what we expected uh, in a relationship at this stage of our lives uh, and what our goals would be in order to make sure that we were having the type of healthy relationship that we wanted.
0: And maybe instead of relationship agreement, it should be called a relationship alignment, Mm. where you are both sharing the expectations that are usually left unsaid and instead putting them into words, articulating it. And if you were to bring something up that I hadn't thought about before, it gave me an opportunity to think and talk through my thought process before I came up with my own idea.
1: Right. It it allows you to have conversations that um, could sometimes just get left unsaid for way too long uh, in a relationship. And it's better to just put your cards on the table. It's an opportunity to do that. And I'd been pretty good in my past relationships about at least covering that first part. You know, right. like, what are you looking for right now? Do you want a serious relationship? Are you thinking long-term? Do you want exclusivity? Or are you just... Dating around? Um, do you prefer to be single? Is this just a friends with benefits type thing? I was usually pretty good at being upfront about that. Um, I can't, at least I can't think of an instance where I wasn't. But in in my early stages, I was, you know, like you, you date somebody for the first time and you think this is it. This is so right. great. I have someone and you want to hold on forever, right? Um, so that's how I started out. And then, and then in my early 20s, I was never willing to commit to something serious and long term. So I was usually upfront about that. And I think part of the reason this worked well for us is because we were aligned. Right. And so it made the conversation so much easier. Uh-huh. If and we anything, can get into those details.
0: If anything, I felt so secure and safe in our relationship after that because I've had anxieties in the past with past partners where I feel like I don't even know, but it felt like we weren't on the same page. And it felt like if I brought those things up, it would break the relationship mm. and like we'd actually have to confront the misalignment.
1: Right. I know that feeling. So you end up avoiding the conversation altogether Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. think that maybe this problem will go away or maybe eventually we'll be aligned. I don't need to know right now. I'll trick them. I'll (laughs) like softly
0: soak them into what I want.
1: Were you nervous about the fact that we were friends and that most of our friends were, were the same (laughs) that like our social circles were, were very overlapped?
0: Uh, no, because I've always dated friends. I've never, um, maybe not never, but I've usually known the person for a while first. I've been on apps and like on dates, but never into a relationship from apps. So
1: Oh, that's where we differ. Uh, <laughs> right. And I've told you about this before, but, um, I was usually very hesitant, um, and just avoidant at all costs almost of dating anybody in my social circle. Um, and i think a big part of that was because i i just didn't imagine myself getting into a long-term committed mm. relationship and the inevitable breakup would would bleed into other areas of my life and i didn't want that it was much easier to date somebody who wasn't part of my social circle and then when it was time to part ways life was essentially still normal there was no complication in other relationships uh, so when we started dating, I had already decided like, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to make a move. I'm not going to do anything Mm -hmm. unless I'm sure. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, and so this was very different from the other relationships that I'd gotten into. So
0: you were sure before we had these conversations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as sure as you can be right. right? Like, um, you, you never really know how, how it's going to work out until you're in it. Right. And, and, it's like you could have a great friend and then they become your roommate and you see them in a very different light, right? It's, it's the same with a friend who you get into a relationship with. But I, I thought I, I at least I won't try unless I'm ready and willing to take it seriously.
0: Fair enough. I think that's a very mature way of doing it. I think the way that I always thought about it, like getting into a friend relationship, was always, well, like if, if it blows up, it blows up, but it could work out. And it has blown up every single time. So you you were scared for that. All
1: right. Well, you were correct. I'm going to try to make history.
0: (laughs) Let's dive into some of the details of the actual relationship agreements. Like we stated previously, there's a few sections. So we have exclusivity, self-care, privacy, sex and dates, communication, and accountability. Some of these are pretty self-explanatory. I think some other ones are more interesting. One that I think sounds more exciting than it actually is, is the sex and dates. Right. You didn't go into <laughs> juicy
1: details there. I mean, you right. know, it's not, I, everyone could do it however they want, right? We're not prescribing it. Right. But, but for us, it, it wasn't so much about about how we want sex to be, um, right. you know. <laughs> It was more about uh, the idea of, of date nights and and how frequently we wanted those to happen and, and just making sure that neither of us felt like we were completely responsible for the other person's uh, sexual satisfaction. S-
0: sexual satisfaction as well as planning dates. I think that had been something that had been put on me very often, or at least it felt like I was the only one planning dates, probably because I wanted dates more than the other person. So that was definitely something that was colored by my past experiences. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I I can't remember. We might have to to look it up. But we... Because I think we have more dates than we originally um, said we should. We kind of set a minimum, like once a Mm. month, we would do sort of a, a proper date night where we... You don't necessarily have to go spend money or go to a fancy restaurant, but we, we take the time to think of something we, we really want to do. Maybe we haven't done before. We go out of our usual comfort zone and it's just for us. Um, but we, we do that, I think more frequently than once a month. So we haven't really had to, you know, go back and revisit that one.
0: I think one thing in my mind is putting it in the calendar and having a set time. Because it's one thing to say like, oh, we'll have dinner together tonight and it'll just be whenever. Mm-hmm. But to me, when something's like, it's at six o'clock, time is really important. That's yeah. when it feels more. And you want to get
1: dressed up for yeah. it. You think you look forward to it in um, the coming days. You already know like what you want to wear. <laughs> I
0: think it's the planning, the anticipation, mm-hmm. something that you enjoy when it comes to like building up excitement. Yeah. Even if it's like a movie night when we plan... We're like, okay, we're going to watch this movie. Oh, you know I love that. I I love
1: nothing more than picking a movie, even one that I've seen before, but maybe one that you haven't seen. And knowing that we're going to watch it next week.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think Hmm. the anticipation is nice.
1: Yeah. Um, And on the the first one, exclusivity, I mean, that's very self-explanatory. But I think what was interesting that you added to this discussion was emotional exclusivity, Mm. um, which is not something that's easy to define. And it was good to... Um, to kind of get an understanding of what you meant by that.
0: So emotional exclusivity to me means that if you're going through something, you share it with your partner. Uh, it doesn't mean that it, you only share it with your partner, but I think in a partnership, the other person needs to know what's going on, how bad is it, and even if you don't want help from them, you don't want their shoulder, at least they're aware of it and can support you in that way.
1: Yeah, at least they have the opportunity to. Or they, yeah, like you said, it's an awareness. I never thought about that <laughs> before. Right. Um, and, and I think it can be easy to, you know, if you've always had a close friend mm. or a close friend that you talk to about your problems, you get into a relationship with somebody fairly new in your life, you might keep that old habit and not go to them to talk about your problems. Or you may think, I don't want my partner to see me in a vulnerable state or a weak state.
0: Yeah. And that's happened before where partners have started making really big life decisions that I wasn't aware they they were even thinking about. And they would tell me when the decision was like 99% final. What, like, like, oh,
1: I quit my job yesterday.
0: Yeah, actually. Oh, they were going to quit their job and like start a new company and I, and they had been like going out to lunches with people and I was like, Oh, like, Oh, you're going out to lunch. Like, what'd you guys talk about? And it was always very like, Oh, nothing much, just talking. And then it happened. I was like,
1: (laughs) Oh, and then you were connecting all these dots. Yeah. Yeah. Being
0: like, Oh, okay. So every time, like it wasn't lying, but it was definitely lying by omission. Mm -hmm. Um, and I felt blindsided by that, so that was definitely
1: something that right. I wanted so, to
0: not happen again. So
1: yeah, so emotional exclusivity helps avoid things like that. Right.
0: Which was the most boring was probably accountability.
1: I mean, that's almost something you put into the end of a, a formal business <laughs> contract, right? It's like both, both
0: going to hold each yeah, other. <laughs> it's like both,
1: both parties will hold each other accountable, or, or you know, agree to the terms of this right, agreement. Right. Right. Right and it will be settled by arbitration now we didn't we didn't put put anything like that actually we we did we did put a note in there on communication about how we handle Mm. disputes and problems Mm -hmm. um and that was that we uh and it was your idea that it's important to maintain some physical contact when we're discussing tough issues and you know that's that can be holding hands holding a finger um, if you're
0: really pissed off
1: right um but i thought that was good to just have that and i and i always remember that too when we're having a tough conversation i'm like don't don't like pull away right. don't kind of go to the corner um you know actually making that physical contact keeps things calm um, yeah. it keeps it keeps me grounded as well
0: it gives me such an emotional release cuz it feels like you're still there. Like we might not be, we might be going through a tough conversation, but we are still here. We're not going to leave. Team.
1: Yeah. We're still a team. We're working on solving a joint problem. Mm-hmm. It's not, uh, who's going like to win a, your problem, <laughs> my problem, who's right or wrong. It's right. more like, we have this problem. How do we face it? Right, right, right.
0: Yeah. And I think with communication, I gave you some quizzes.
1: Oh yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was almost like doing a little personality test yeah. to understand my communication style, right? Um, my love language.
0: Mm. Yes, we, that was nice because it turns out we appreciate a lot of the same things, uh, both with love languages and the apology language.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to explain
0: uh, mm, the apology language? Harder. I mean, if you wanna know more about love languages, you should check out episode three of Self Help Junkie. <laughs> very, very
1: good episode, my favorite episode. Oh, wonder
0: why. <laughs> um but yes, the apology quiz apology style. That was what type of apologies mean the most to you. So I don't remember all of the different ones, but some people appreciate apologies where the person says like, Hey, I'm sorry. What can I do for you? Other people like something more specific, like, Hey, I'm sorry about that in the future. What if I did a or B would that make it better? Um, and then some people need you to take responsibility. That is like, that's on me. That's my bad. I will not do it again. And for some people, it's just about not repeating said action again. That really, all them. of them are good. Yeah, I mean, you can get all of them. It's great, but it's like a prioritization—like what's most important to you. Mm-hmm. And I think both of us didn't like the one where we asked the other person, like, "Hey, what can I do for you right. next time?"
1: Yeah, and we don't—we don't like fake apologies either. So yeah, for us, it's not repeating the same mistake. It's—it's—it's. It's, it's, understanding the change that you can and want to make um, and then making that change. Yeah, so it's not necessarily a a put-a-band-aid-on-it type of fix.
0: And understanding. I think with those apologies, we do our best in not doing those things again. But no one's perfect, and you might do it again. But as long as you're recognizing it and making an active effort to change that,
1: that's what really matters. Right, and and people... Can oftentimes interpret your behavior or your words in ways that you don't intend. So it's really important to have a conversation, saying, "Well, this is what I meant when I said this is what I was feeling," and the other person would say, "Well, this is how it came across." And <laughs> it's like, "Okay, that um, is and,
0: most of our conversation." Right. Yeah, I
1: mean, a lot of it is 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 trying to figure out uh, how something was said and how it was heard. Right. Um, and. And whether there was a mis- miscommunication or what emotions were at play, just kind of talking through what went down. Um, and, and it usually ends up with, I don't like upsetting you. You don't like upsetting <laughs> me. We don't like being upset. Let's, let's learn from this. Let's try not and, to do you know, that again. Right. But I do
0: think that this relationship alignment relationship agreement really set the groundwork for that because we, A, were in a very calm state, I think, it was like a weekend. We decided to clear our entire schedule just to have this conversation. And a lot of these topics usually come up in relationships when it's already ticking the other person off. And like the first three times you're like, it's okay. They didn't mean that. And by the 10th the time, you're like, this person is out to get me and you're already fired up.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, if you because if you're starting out in a relationship you don't necessarily know how the person handles tough situations you don't know you don't know what it's like when they need to say sorry mm-hmm. i mean i know some people who absolutely hate saying sorry they practically never want i'm not no no, no no you're pointing at yourself i'm not thinking about you at all um i won't name names but but you know I, i I know people who they they can take responsibility and they can feel sorry, but they do not want to mm. admit it and they do not want to show it to you. Um, and that can drive you mad when all you want is for them to to actually say the word mm. and mean it and not say it in this sort of like throw. It's like okay, sorry.
0: They're like oh, sorry, I hurt you. It's right. like okay, yeah, I'm well.
1: sorry you got upset. Um, <laughs> And you know, and, the, and people who do that, they they may also come back much later on mm-hmm. after they've had time to process it. It's just in the moment they they don't handle it well and they don't communicate well. And so that's why it's a it's a good thing to talk about um, mm-hmm. up front in this relationship alignment slash agreement slash trademark pending. <laughs> oh, we talked about you know on communication as well. Um, you suggested that when there are matters of concern, that they be brought up within three days. Um, of realizing so it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't think we've ever like, you know, really counted the days no. and, and called each other out on anything like that. But it is good to just emphasize the importance of when you do have a problem with something that's happened between you or something they said, whatever it is, or you just have concerns about the relationship in general, that you don't let it sit, mm-hmm. let it lie for too long behind the other person's back. That you You bring it up in some way, shape, or form.
0: Because it's one of those things where if you're just thinking about it on your own, you start spiraling and you start creating a narrative in your own mind that may not be true Mm -hmm. and bringing it up to the other person is just the responsible thing to do. It's taking accountability in your part of the relationship and saying like, hey, how is the other person supposed to know that something is bothering me if I don't say it and how could they possibly make it right if they
1: don't know it's a problem. To also, they in. might be sensing something is yeah. up and, and feeling uncomfortable with the fact that they've sensed it and you're not saying anything. And if you and, and it might be that they they sense it and then they ask and you're like, no, no, everything's fine. And you make them feel weird for asking. And now you're gaslighting them because <laughs> they know they, they, they have a really good feeling that something's wrong, but you're making them feel crazy right. for that because you're not ready to talk about right. it.
0: Right. And you don't have to be ready to talk about it. I think it's the passive aggressiveness. That's the problem. You can say like, Hey, there is something bothering me. This is the thing. I'm not ready to talk about it in this moment. But right. I think anyone who's had that before, you just get like a relief when you actually say it and it's out in the open.
1: Right. And sometimes you might not even be able to describe what it is other than just to say that something's off. They're like, either there's a, there's a tension or your chemistry is a little off lately. And maybe just acknowledging that you, you might find the other person is feeling it too. And it's just like, okay, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it is. It yeah. is. Okay. Well, let's just Keep the lines of communication open, right, and we'll right, right. figure out what's going on. You know, so because people go through funks all the time, yeah. and not it might a, well, not, not, not all be all the like, time. <laughs> not
0: in the relationship, it could be like outside factors that are throwing you mm. off. And it's like, okay, it's not us. Right. Just Sometimes going through something. How can I support know. you? Yeah. yeah,
1: we we talked about self care. We had a section on that.
0: I think something that people don't necessarily think about in self care, people like think about fitness, sleep, like keeping your mental health. One that I liked was the safety not driving long distances without a helmet?
1: Yeah, well, we live in Bali. It's very common to drive a scooter here without a helmet. It's also pretty common for people to have a few drinks, maybe have a few more than they expected, and mm-hmm. then drive home, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, these are small, windy roads. Um, accidents happen, cows pop up, you know, I mean, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I think you know that um, well. And, and yeah. uh, I know somebody else who also hit a cow one time. Yeah.
0: One funny one that we didn't actually end up sticking to was the alone time. I think coming into a relationship, usually whenever I got into a relationship, I would lose myself in the other person, whatever their hobbies were, would become my hobbies. Their friends would become my friends and I wouldn't take care of my social circle. I don't think it's fair because you're putting all of your emotional needs on one person and that's impossible, right? Your world becomes so small if you're not also mm. having that support group outside.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we kind of had two parts to it, right? Like it's okay to have alone time, mm. um, but we shouldn't spend all of our time just with each other either. <laughs> so that's like alone together time. <laughs> um, and yeah, we we emphasize that we should make it make sure that we're always making an effort to see other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're pretty good with that. And I think we're, now, we have the benefit. Yeah, maybe in the early stages, we, we the
0: first eight months, we did not breathe without the other person.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. We've gotten better. We grew
0: out of it. We're a bit,
1: <laughs> We like to think we're a little less dependent. But we're fortunate that we live in a place like Bali, where it is very easy to quickly make plans. And and to go out to eat, go out for a coffee, just hop on the scooter, drive down the road and your friend is there. So it's, we really have no excuse for not spending time with our friends.
0: Um, Okay. And then the last section that we have is on privacy. What we put in here was that if we have disagreements, not to share it with all of our friends and and, and, like, give the dirty details of what's going on. I think it's fine to admit, like, hey, yeah, we had a spat, things were happening, but because we have such an overlap in friends, I don't want them to feel like they have to take sides oh, yeah. or, like, hear about this shit.
1: You yeah. Know? It's a good thing we never fight. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> exaggerate. But, um, but yeah, that hasn't really come up, I think, right. with us. But, but, yeah, you would never want mutual friends to feel like they're they're getting between you. And you also, you want to know if your partner is talking about you to others to try to work through a problem. You want to make sure that, mm. you know, you're never an outsider to their right. thought process, right? Yeah.
0: And I, if I am having any difficulties, like with our conversations, like just talking through my side of things, I always look for friends that you don't know, or like aren't your friends as well, just so that like, yeah, it's not fair to you that you get talked about behind
1: your back by no. someone. No. Another know. aspect of privacy, have you ever had a partner demand access to your phone to, like, see what's going on there? No. That's no. not
0: why I put that in there. Have no. you?
1: No, I haven't. I don't, at least if I have, I shut it out uh, <laughs> of my memory. But I don't think that's happened to me, and that would not be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and we were on the same page about about respecting a, other the other person's privacy. Right. And I mean, of course we can give each other permission to use our phones, right. we've done that, it hasn't been a problem, but you should never demand to use somebody's phone or to, right. to look through their phone. Right.
0: In my younger years, I don't know if I would have been comfortable with that, not being able to look at the other person's oh. phone. I think there have been situations where it's like, I know something is happening.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: But I think I got to a point where I feel like if you're going to do something, you could delete the messages. Like you could hide all the evidence. Me checking the phone is not going to do anything. If
1: you are, I could, yeah, I could see, I could understand you want, like being in a situation where you have strong suspicions mm-hmm. and they're denying it and you say, okay, let me take a look. I mean, I think you should be pretty, you should be pretty confident of what you're going to find because if that's sort of your, your ultimatum, say, okay, give me a look. And then there's nothing there. Well, now you've played your hand, right? And now they're going to hold that over you because they're a shit person. Um,
0: (laughs) Thank you for taking my side in this hypothetical situation. But,
1: um, and you know, we feel about those, but I mean, I, I think I could understand that though. I could understand. Having your suspicions and saying, look, I I won't feel comfortable unless you show me, you know, what you've been saying with this person. I but feel
0: like at that point the trust is already broken. Yeah, like I if don't know I'm so convinced it, that something is happening, either you're withholding something. It doesn't necessarily have to be another relationship, but you're withholding something. I don't trust you anymore. Mm-hmm. And if I'm demanding to look at your phone, I've broken your trust. So and i like, it's over.
1: I've never been in that situation, but when you put it that way, yeah, if you're, if you are demanding to look at their phone, then I don't know how you're going to come back from that because yeah. either you're going to find the evidence you wanted and it's, you know, that's terrible or you're not going to find it. And now they're, they have that over you or the trust is broken anyway. And maybe you still have your suspicions, right? right? I think our point when we talked about uh, privacy is, is that you just shouldn't, you just shouldn't expect that. You mm-hmm. shouldn't expect them to give you full access to their phone at all times. Like, you want to look something up? You can use your phone. Right.
0: Um, and and yeah. neither of us are that connected to our phone. And right. I forget. I feel
1: like it. I've given the impression that I'm guarding my phone here. <laughs> which no, 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 I'm no. You don't. Me. He right. does not. <laughs> right. Um, but I think I think the point was more that we are ready to trust each other from the onset. That we're not going to have lingering suspicions or jealousies or concerns like, oh, you're going to lunch. With, with somebody else. With a Um, female. Yeah, tell me about them. I think the, the best part about having that conversation about respecting privacy is confirming I'm not going to be paranoid about you talking to other people, seeing other people. I'm going to trust you to be aligned with me on everything else we've talked about. (laughs) Chiefly, you know, exclusivity when it comes to privacy. And so it's just good to know because I have I, I have been in relationships where the other person has been very jealous of even just, you know, if there's an attractive person walking by on the street, mm-hmm. you know, they get kind of tense. And, right. um, and so it's good to go in saying, look, I'm not going to worry about any of that. I trust you. You trust me. And, and that's really all the conversation we need.
0: Right. I think that the way that we spoke about the relationship and what we wanted was so aligned that there was that trust built in. I wonder, so for someone who maybe is not that mature, I think that this might be a good test to see if that, see if they are, because people can say all the right things to you, but then if their actions don't align in the future, it's very easy for you to say that it doesn't align. Cause I think often we give excuses to people like, oh, it's just this time, it's just this time. Mm -hmm. And then it's been 10 times. But if you've talked about it from the beginning, you can say like, hey, so I noticed that this happened. We had spoken about how we were aligned on this, but this is happening. It's like a first warning. Right. It's a really easy way to bring something up if you've already spoken
1: about True, it. True. Absolutely. And that's why it's good that you, you typed it all up, um, you know, in a shared Google doc. And the next day, <laughs> the next day we read through it together. Right. Right. Because as time goes by, you might forget things you said. You forget the little details here and there. And somebody who falsely represents themselves, um, or maybe misremembers things, but, but can say one thing and do another. Mm-hmm. If you haven't gotten it written down and they haven't read and said, yep, these are, this is what we said. This is what I agreed to. Then you might not be able to go to them and say, well, look, you know, this is something we discussed and, and this was the expectation. So for you to do it and think it's okay Clearly, you know,
0: instead of a he, he said, she said, or she said, she said, he said, he said, um, they said, (laughs) (laughs) it becomes a reminder that, yeah, we have it written down. Let's take a look. And it's not to say that this is written in stone. There are things that change throughout the relationship and it's okay to change your mind. Just don't excuse yourself From what you had said previously. Right.
1: And if you, if you would like to, you can make amendments to the relationship agreement.
0: That leads beautifully into our next section, (laughs) amendments. So during our, around our first anniversary, we decided to look at the agreement again. It was kind of funny to see how formally I had written Mm, this document.
1: Yeah, ne- we hadn't really needed to, to no. refer to it. <laughs> no. So it, it, we, it was our first time reading it in about a year. The
0: parts that stuck out to me were the, the bathroom. The right, bathtub. which we didn't, we didn't <laughs> we mention didn't, that
1: and, little note. It's okay.
0: We'll just let people wonder yeah, what that means. Yeah, some details just
1: for us in. It. <laughs> <laughs> what did we put into our amendment? Um, well, we wrote that uh, we wanted to do monthly check-ins, mm,
0: um, which is something we already started doing.
1: Right, we had started doing it sometime in, uh, I think, in the the back half of that first year, or maybe even sooner. And because it had become a regular thing, it was nice to just jot down, "Hey, this is something that we're doing." It's, and it works. Yeah, the amendment sort of becomes a. Uh, a bit of historical note taking. And I believe you're planning on talking more about monthly relationship check ins in <laughs> you a later are episode. Correct.
0: Hopefully, we will have that up soon after this as a continuation. But I'll be having some other people on who also have monthly check ins. This is one of the Great things about living in Bali—you have all these friends that are also doing these really mature conversations and over girl talk. You get to say like, "Oh, what have you guys been doing? Oh, we do this, and then we trade right. little tips. There's a
1: there's a definitely a scene here of kind of working on yourself, working on your relationships, prioritizing mental health, physical health, um, and all of that, and it it does make for some good conversations too.
0: Ah, I have a personal question for you. Have you noticed any changes in your personal growth during our time as a couple that maybe this relationship agreement or alignment
1: kickstarted? Sure, yeah, I think I think the big one is communication and that's because I on one hand I haven't been in uh, a relationship where I was this committed if, if ever, and at least not in a very long time, maybe, maybe not at all before this, um, I also haven't been with somebody who is such a strong communicator. Um, so I've been able to sort of, uh, learn from you, um, mm-hmm. and, and reflect some of the, the ways that you communicate back at you, um, because sometimes without seeing somebody demonstrate something, mm-hmm. it's hard to even know, um, you know, what it is. Uh, so, you know, when we went through the relationship agreement, we, we talked about, uh, types of communication. You mm. had me do those, like, little personality tests. Um, and that sort of primed me to think more, uh, and, and just develop an awareness of how I'm communicating, especially when things get tough, mm. which is something that I've had plenty of experience of in, in, say, work. Mm. Not as much in relationships because usually I just didn't have as, you know, those right. tough conversations. Typically I would go into my shell um and wait until i felt better and then just carry on um, right. like there was never a problem to begin with but i think we we mentioned it was important to bring up issues to not wait until they boil over um and so yeah i've had to i've had to work on that communication otherwise i think a lot of a lot of what we talked about i was ready for you know that's why we mm-hmm. we were so aligned when we had the the initial talk is because i had thought about most of these things and I was ready for them and they just needed to be communicated. And we found out we were on the same page. Um, what a relief. Yeah. So, and and I think it's better that way because I didn't have to change who I was in order to meet the expectations of the relationship agreement, right? Um, that's not to say that I'm not still growing in, in right. plenty of ways, you know, through our relationship and, and personally.
0: But at um, least, you know, the direction in which you guys are going. This is why people find the idea of a relationship agreements so scary is because if you aren't aligned, you're confronted with that and having to make a decision. It's so much easier not to make a decision. Be like, push that down the road.
1: Right. It's true. You don't necessarily have to say, oh well we're not aligned, so that's that, right? I mean it's not it's not an all or nothing type of thing, but at least it's better to get it out in the open and then if you want to put it aside and say well look we're not we're not really looking for the same thing here mm-hmm. at least we know i'm so comfortable going forward right. are you cool
0: as long as like your musts don't conflict with each other and i think especially for me saying them out loud i'm a pr- i've always had a bit of trouble saying what i wanted being a people pleaser this was also an exercise for me to speak up for what I wanted. And if it didn't work out, at least I know, and I know that like I'm choosing me.
1: Right, for sure. I, I don't think I've always been great about saying what I want in mm-hmm. relationships, but I've usually been fearful of hurting <laughs> the other person. Right, right, right. And so wanting to kind of under promise or, right. or at least never feel like I've misled somebody. But it's, it, it really goes both ways. It's it's good for, for you to voice what you want, to also understand what they want, um, and to see where you get aligned. Yeah,
0: and I think this leads to the last question. Who would you recommend doing this relationship alignment exercise, and who would you not recommend doing this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> like like if I were talking to my nephew, you know. Right. He, right. Um I've got a couple nephews they're 19, nineteen, twenty years old, I wouldn't say, Hey, check this out. They're gonna love this. I mean, who knows? Some some girls might, they might they might think Honestly, it was quite cute. Like uh, younger
0: generations are Woke, and they—they're probably more mature and approaching. Re- I hope they are. <laughs> well, some of them must be.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe in some ways, in other ways, not. Who knows? Right. Uh, every generation's different, but I—I I don't think I would. Recommend it to somebody who, who is just getting to know somebody. You know, mm-hmm. like you, you just matched with somebody on Tinder. You're going on your first date. You might bring up the idea because it's a fun topic of conversation, but I wouldn't thrust them into a conversation. Don't call it that a relationship agreement.
0: Call it an alignment. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Maybe, maybe wait until you've already established some right. intimacy, some rapport, at least till it's apparent that you're going to be seeing each other, um, as, as something more than friends. Um, but I think it's especially useful for people who feel like they're on the brink of a serious relationship Mm. or they're jumping into something with somebody they, they already know pretty well. Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure that you're not going to crash and burn because who they are in a relationship is very different Mm. from who they are as a friend, say, um, or as a colleague, if you're, (laughs) if you're doing that.
0: On like the note of your nephew I think you're right. I wouldn't do it as a relationship agreement. It might be more like random questions. I Like you've mentioned the question game before. Yeah. Where it's not like you sit down for three hours and spill all of your deepest, darkest values.
1: Oh, that can be fun too.
0: Oh, so fun. (laughs) As As a 30-year-old, I think that it makes sense. But as like a young person who maybe isn't really sure of what you want in this moment. And I feel like when I was 19, 20 years old, I was changing my mind every six months. Mm. And how can you even say what you want? You might
1: not want to put something down on paper that says, this is exactly the type of relationship I want, because maybe you're still figuring it out and you haven't had a chance to try different relationships. A lot of times you just want to see where it goes. Um, So I think, yeah, this is typically going to be for people who are a bit more experienced in relationships, a bit more mature, at least aware of what they're looking for.
0: I would highly recommend it for people around our friend's age, I think, especially for women who have decided, like, I want to be a mother. And you're looking for that relationship that's going to find you a partner who is also aligned on that it it just always feels like there's a biological clock involved and this is a really good way to see if the person is mature enough to handle this conversation because if they can't have a, have this conversation then they're probably not ready for a serious relationship mm-hmm. or like being a parent or whatever your plans are um even if they are uncomfortable in that but they're willing to try and do something that's different i think that shows you that that person is willing to grow and be uncomfortable and be able to talk through those tough conversations in the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on here. How was your experience?
1: It was great. And, um, you know, I hope to see you soon. I hope this isn't.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. If you're curious and would like to try this on your own, I have a template that I've linked on my Instagram. Check it out and let me know how it goes. If you have thoughts or tips you'd like to share, please do at selfhelpjunkiepod on Instagram, Twitter, or Gmail. I'll see you guys next time.